So uh, welcome to Wonder Woman in Business podcast. This is episode number seven. It's my lucky number. So I am very, very lucky to have a pioneer, I'm going to say, in my, the whole purpose of Wonder Woman in Business, which is to bring together women that really care about other women and are really making strides to improve women's opportunities, both on the corporate side and as well as my audience knows, um, helping women to become stronger entrepreneurs. So first, I want to say welcome, Jenna Garver, to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm happy that we made it through the technical difficulties and we're ready to roll today. Yes. <laughs> so um, so I'm just going to give a brief, Jenna, if you don't mind, bio. Of course, it will not be perfect, so please feel free to uh, edit or fix or address anything that, you know, I don't complete here. But, you know, um, so everyone, the reason that I asked Jenna to be on is I've, I've been sitting in her audiences quite a few times and um, just completely impressed by this woman. Um, kind of like unbounding energy, I think, really making a difference. She brings in amazing women to her panels and, you know, she is um, very much a believer in supporting women and driving equality and making us aware of what's happening with women in the workplace. So, um, but besides that, uh, as you can see here on the screen, she is with Troutman Sanders, a, a partner there, and um, not an easy feat because I do have quite a few friends in law and legal, um, but particularly she's involved, and again, you can fix this, um, she's involved in providing advice to investment advisors, I'm assuming hedge funds and private equity folks, um, and around the world of securities law, which I really don't know too much about it, so Jenna's going to provide us that information. And, you know, again, you know, so for today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about what you do day to day. I want to talk about what you do for women, um, why you're so passionate about it, because I know that it takes a lot of work to drive that passion and, and drive impact. So I think actually where I want to start my first question, Jenna, if you don't mind, is first, if I messed up your bio, please fix it. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Yeah, please. Um, but if you could talk a little bit about, you know, I always ask my guests, like, what was their journey to get where they are? And, you know, what is your personal kind of mission in helping women? And how do you deliver that through your work at Troutman Sanders? Well, that's a very big question. Um, <laughs> you can start anywhere. I guess I would start off by saying, that my my passion for women really stems from the the deep gratitude that I owe the amazing women who have supported me professionally and personally uh, through the years. And the truth is, I, I never set out to really be a leader of this cause. I was really uh, looking to be uh, a beneficiary of other women me because there were not that many women when I started out uh, working as an associate in large law firms. Um, so that's really how I started to get involved in the women's initiatives. Uh, in terms of my journey as a whole, I mean, it's, it's been a, a long, strange trip for sure. Uh, life is episodic. I think there have been some key turning points in my life, um, especially when I was a mid-level associate. You know, this 
becoming a partner in a large law firm is a very difficult journey. It takes a lot of hard work and persistence, especially for women. I mean, to be honest, the odds are significantly stacked against us in this profession. Uh, but, you know, it, <laughs> there were just these moments where I really needed to decide to be 110% in it to win it. And as a senior associate, I found myself as a single mom to a five-year-old daughter, and I needed to make it work. And I was really lucky to just sort of be in the right place at the right time. I know nobody likes to hear that because it's not really practical advice. You can't just <laughs> wake up one day and be like, oh, I should be in the right place at the right time. Like, yeah, that's but, not somehow, but, but somehow you do make that path. Right. You make the path. But, yeah. you know, I, I would say that the, the key moments were because I decided to do the work that other people did not want to, you know, didn't want to do. And I made sure everybody knew I was doing it. And so for me, that was, you know, right around the time of the financial crisis, there was a lot of new law coming about. And it took a lot of effort to learn that. Uh, all of the the new statutes or the proposed laws and the final laws and the differences and how the regulators were going to interpret that law. So I spent a lot of time focusing my efforts on that and writing about it so people would know that I was learning it. And, and the cool thing about new laws, anyone could be an expert because nobody's an expert. So I really did spend a lot of time on that. And uh, as an associate at the firm I was at at the time, as many firms do, they had a policy that you had to have a partner be on the byline of any articles that were published externally. And I right. had to fight really hard to get that recognition. So I could build my street credit with all of the articles I was writing. And one of them um, that I, you know, I was able to get my name on the byline, uh, one woman, Marta Cotton, I, I feel like I always owe her everything, but she's what? on my article. Okay was uh, on the uh, education uh, committee for 100 Women in Finance looking for speakers to educate other women in the industry on these new laws that were coming about. And she called me and asked to speak on her panel. And of course, the firm at the time said, well, as a matter of policy, we don't let associates speak on the panel, but the partner can. And of course, the partner was a man. And this one woman I mean, really talk about a turning point said, no, if we're going to do this, it has to be Jenna on the panel. And wow. that was my first big speaking event, which gave me so much street credibility and confidence. And, you know, from there, I went on speaking uh, quite often and getting uh, very involved in, uh, at the time it was called 100 Women in Hedge Funds, and now it's 100 Women in Finance. Right, but that yeah. was really a key point for me to gain that expertise and the credibility and to be out there to publicly, uh, you know, showcase my skills and to develop business. Yeah. Well, I think you, I, I love the turning point, you know, that's generally what it takes. Right. But I think, you know, you were on the right path and it's about lending a hand up, you know, and I think that's what, I didn't catch the name of the woman. What was the, her name again? Marta Cotton. Marta Cotton. And what was her role again? She was a volunteer for this women's organization, which is now a very large, oh, we have 15,000 members. Yeah, I'm very familiar with them, right? It's just such a great example of how we can help each other and make sure that we're giving each other opportunities, even when it's 
you know, maybe it's, it's not obvious or it's not easy, but you find a way to make it work. And I, I was very grateful for what she did for me. And I try very hard to pay that forward. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say, but that's exactly what it takes is, is someone giving someone else a leg up, a step up in a way that I love what she said. She said, no, it has to be someone like you. And that's what I think we all need to really do. We really need to look out for the people that are making the efforts and, and willing to take those journeys. Like you said, it isn't easy for a female associate to become a partner. I can't even imagine probably some of the things that you have gone through. Is there any of that that you're comfortable sharing with us in terms of, you know, I don't want to get you in trouble, but um, <laughs> anything that you're comfortable sharing uh, in terms of obstacles that you've come across in, in achieving your success? Sure. So, you know, even just sticking on that same story, I think uh, it's a good lesson that, you know, when your uh, firm may say to you, uh, this isn't how we do it, or this isn't, you know, how it's been done, or this is the policy, you know, you can, you know, challenge them on that. I mean, you can do it politely, of course, but you can challenge them and understand, well, just because this is how it's been done in the past doesn't mean that's how we have to keep doing it. Let's examine the purpose for that policy and see if we can get comfortable another way because it's these old policies that are also preventing us from moving forward and changing the story. And it was actually a great outcome because I was so persistent and so was Marta that uh, and she really gave me the confidence and the credibility to to make those demands, if you will. But the firm was really great and said, okay, well, if you're going to do this, let's get you an executive coach so they can teach you how to speak. And I was like, well, it's interesting because everybody should have that opportunity. It shouldn't be because I was an associate or, you know, just because you become partner doesn't mean you know how to speak in public. So those are most of my clients and I get, I understand. So kudos to the firm to recognize that. Agreed. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that that's also something that, and I love that you said that, not for me, but just in general, I mean, it's, it is, you can always improve, right? I mean, am I right? We can, we can always improve and we can't, we can't do it on our own. Right. So there are resources as women, whether we're on the corporate side or like me on the entrepreneurial side, we need to look out for those resources. We need to ask for those resources. We need to figure out how to get those resources. Um, you know, I think that's really important. So can you talk a little bit about what you do in securities law for those in the audience? I know most of my friends are in law, so and there's so many different facets of it. So for the women out there that are interested in getting involved in, um, in law or in securities law or law and finance, can you talk a little bit about what you do day to day? Sure. So it is a huge practice and it's part of, you know, general corporate law. Um, I don't go to court. Uh, I've always joked that I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, <laughs> but what I do specifically is I work with investment managers or investment advisors. Um, for, you know, the most part, all of them work with private investment funds like hedge funds and private equity funds. Some of them do traditional wealth management. Um, but for the most part, it's institutional investing. Mm-hmm. It sounds uh, really big and fancy, but a lot of what I do is not that different than if somebody owned an ice cream shop. I help them set up. I love that you say that. 
I'll t- when you're done speaking, I'll tell you why, but keep going. Okay. <laughs> I mean, because we love ice cream, <laughs> but also because it's true, the corporate work, um, you know, is, it's somewhat uh, indifferent as to, to what work you're doing. Uh, but I help clients if they're spinning out of um, large investment banks from Wall Street, start up their own firm, or if they're existing multi-billion dollar asset managers and they're looking to form one of their private funds, form a hedge fund. Uh, and also just that there are daily, you know, general compliance issues that come up. Um, my client's primary regulator is the Securities and Exchange Commission. So most of the work I do is help them navigate those rules and regulations, uh, help interpret those laws. I mean, if, if the truth is, if the law was really black and white and easy to understand, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so right. people call me because it's not so straightforward, or they call me because I have industry knowledge and just experience for nearly 20 years in the industry on how to help navigate some of these issues. Uh, so a typical day is really a hodgepodge of counseling clients through those issues. Um, I mean, I would say that my day starts off in Connecticut, where I live quite far from my office. So, um, and it, it's it's crazy like everybody else's family when we wake up. I wake up and I think, um, you know, I, I always ask some of my female clients, like, what's the first thing you think about when you wake up? One of them told me once, I wake up every morning and I think, how can I be Goldman Sachs? I'm like, gosh, I wake up every morning. And I think, how am I going to do this? <laughs> You know, where's everyone in the family going to be today? And how are we all going to get home tonight? Uh, so it starts off like everybody else. Uh, and I, I commute in and then um, my day is really a variety of tasks from um, answering calls from clients, just, you know, random calls as, it, as issues come up uh, and trying to answer things off the cuff or needing to look them up. Sometimes I'm drafting really long documents or reading really long documents, yeah. summarizing them. And working with associates to train them, mentoring and training is a huge part of what I do both for my practice, but also for my passion in helping women. Um, I, I'm working with a female associate now, and it's really, I, I, I definitely recognize the position I have in her career path as well, and I take that seriously. So we do spend time together in reviewing her work. Um, Sometimes I have a speaking event in the middle of the day or at the end of the day that I'm preparing for, uh, but yeah. it's really a variety of tasks. And all of my clients, although they seem very similar to other people, they're very different to me. They may be using different strategies or techniques that are riskier than others. Some of them may be starting up their business. Others might be knee deep in an SEC exam. And that's a, a whole different kind of counseling. That's counseling on securities laws. And it's also a lot of emotional counseling. I guess it's true of the startup businesses as well. Um, I tend yes. to be very close with my clients. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then I, I always make sure that I have time with my family. You know, not every night, you know, can we have dinner together? But we certainly make sure that uh, at one end of the day or another that's happening. And uh, I don't beat myself up too much when those days don't happen. But that's my typical day. That's good. Because being a Wonder Woman doesn't mean you're bulletproof. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, we all have holes in our armor and we're all human. So, so we all have our moments. You know, and it, it's, it is like, I like how you were saying, you know, everyone, everyone has their challenges and we all have things to do. And, you know, it's not easy. And that's why support is so important. Um, I'm wondering what women's groups are you currently involved with, both maybe internally 
or across the board. I know I'm involved with many of them. So talk a little bit about the ones that you're involved with. Um, you know, some, maybe some events that are coming up for some of those groups and things that you're excited about. Sure. Yeah. I, I actually joke all the time because it seems like I'm always doing something with the group that has the name, you know, the words women and investments in it, just it depends on the order. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm, like I said, very involved with 100 Women in Finance. I really feel like I owe my career to them. Um, I've done a number of events with them over the years. We recently hosted an event in um, Connecticut, actually, Troutman, when I, I recently joined the firm. And one of the first things we did was we hosted an event with 100 Women on private credit, and we had 120 women in attendance, and it was this beautiful night, a, a very substantive panel, um, mm -hmm. and followed by networking, and got to make a lot of introductions that night, and that's a very typical event for me where I can link both that uh, women's initiative goal with the actual core of my practice. I mean, that to me is the best of both worlds. And I, I try to replicate that strategy in the events that I host and the events that I speak at. Um, but there have been a number of groups along the way. I'm always happy to collaborate if anyone's interested in starting a group or has a group that they're, they're looking to do an event. I, I love working with new people and new groups. Um, it's beyond mutually beneficial. I think I get the most out of it because I enjoy it so much. But I also just frankly, like the grassroots stuff. I just, yeah. you know, I love getting together with my girlfriends. I know that might sound really cheeky, but it's true. And we have a lot of like quarterly lunches with a large group of women. And we've just uh, gotten to know each other, you know, over the years. So for those uh, more junior uh, people listening, uh, don't be frustrated because it's not like you can just go get a group of women to have lunch with. I don't mean to no. make it sound so simple, but yeah. it's amazing how much comes to you. It's just the passage of time in life and how much easier it gets. Um, and so I would say if you don't have that group that you can casually connect with and support each other, uh, make sure you're networking, doing what you can to put yourself out there to make those relationships and follow up with people and figure out what do you have to offer because everybody has something to offer. And even if it's just lending support and being a friend, um, you don't have to be the person that brings business to the table every time. Sometimes agreed. it's just being a really good person. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's, um, I'm glad you brought that up because it, you know, um, it, you know, you can have effect on someone with, with, without knowing or barely trying just maybe by being present and being a good listener. And I think, um, I think there's a lot to be said there, you know, and also, I don't know if you come across this, but in the women's groups that I'm involved with, besides a wonder woman in business, but I try to as much as I can be involved by either attending or contributing in some way to women's initiatives. I find that there's a lot, you talked a lot about the, the junior women that are coming up and um, I don't know if you come across this, but I think there's a lot to be said about women that are retired or women that are maybe in their second transition. Those are a lot of the women that I deal with into another career. They have a lot of wisdom, um, a lot of wisdom. And I find that sometimes I go to these women's networking events and, you know, with 
since the Me Too movement. I mean, it's just like sprouting like crazy. So sometimes I go and there's well over two, 300 women there. But I find that the, the older women that are there to share their wisdom are the people that I tend to listen to the most because I find that they've been through it, right? And I don't know if you have women like that um, that you could talk about that are maybe in your organization or in your industry that you've um, followed or talked to or anything like that with us. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, it's always been like a little fantasy of mine to do this documentary on some of the early women in Wall Street because the stories are amazing. I think, you know, one thing we have to keep in mind generationally is that everybody's journey is unique. I mean, my you know, peers of the same vintage as, as I am, they have a different journey. But women who are more senior than me, they too have a different journey. And you have to respect everybody's journey and the unique perspective they've gained from it. Um, you know, I have struggled, I'm going to be honest, in my career with more senior women. Their paths were very different than mine. The mm-hmm. world was so much more difficult. And I have to remember that I. Uh, you know, I take for granted a lot of things that did not come easy for them. Yeah. And, you know, so they're, again, uh, literally coming at it from a different perspective. So it's it's harder sometimes to relate from women of different generations. I'm sure the next gen feels that way about me right now, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, we all have uh, support that we can give. We all have stories we can share. And I just try to convey the message of, you know, we need to make sure we're making life as easy as possible for each other. And just because it was difficult for me doesn't mean that somebody else should have to, you know, go through uh, that same difficult journey. It's not a rite of passage where you have to pay your way with pain. Right. (laughs) be like that. Um, My hope is that it's easier for people than it was for me. And I would hope that the women who are more senior to me feel the same way. Um, but the stories I've heard from the early days on Wall Street are really, uh, literally unbelievable. Um, but equally, I can imagine my background's Madison Avenue advertising. So yes, yeah, so pretty Men, similar sure. in a way. Um, you know, yeah. in fact, it, it's weird. I have watched episodes of Mad Men, thinking, how long ago was that? Because some episodes don't seem like they were that long ago. Exactly. Um, but you know, it's. Uh, Again, as a more senior woman at these events, I try to remember that I go to these events and sometimes I end up hanging out with the same people and not meeting new people. And so some younger women who go to these events may think, well, those senior women who, uh, you know, have so much knowledge to share, they're not interested in speaking to me. Or it's it's clicky and hard to break in. Right. So yeah. There is a sense. You're right. There is a sense of that at some of these events. Yes. And and some interesting groups yeah. even have the senior women meet separately. So I think we really need to be responsible in attending these events to pay it forward and interact and and to meet that next generation. And the truth is that as we get older, our clients, you know, are all of a sudden we're surpassing the age of our clients and. So it's important to stay relatable and interact uh, with, you know, people of different generations. Yeah. And I love that you bring that up because, you know, in my work, as I mentioned, a lot of my individual work is with women that are senior level. I don't mean that they're old. I don't think any woman is old personally. They're seasoned, right? <laughs> so we, as we people say. with a lot of experience who are having troubles 
adapting to a changing environment of technology and, and adapting to a changing economy, right? And so this is my point is I think that they have tremendous value. And I think that we as women can help to include instead of exclude them from the conversations, like you said, the events, the businesses. Um, so I love that you bring that up because I think it's just truly important that we can almost shorten the gap between the junior person and the seasoned person because there's value on either side. Right. And I, I don't know. I see that quite a bit. So, um, okay. So let me talk a little bit about what you do in terms of the hot topic of diversity and inclusion and equality. I want to talk about this for a second. So, you know, some of my guests that I've had on are right in the heart and the thick of women's initiatives. Some are kind of on the outliers where they may be just a member of a women's initiative. Um, But I want to get to the heart of how are you affecting diversity, inclusion, equality, whether it's at your firm or other firms. And also, this is the big question, so I'm just going to make it a two-parter if you don't mind. Um, and, and And part two of this question is, how do you see men supporting that? Sure. Um, that is, it too is a very big question <laughs> um, with lots of subparts. So I would say that for me personally, I mean, women's initiatives are very important. I take them very seriously, but it's also important for me as a woman and to see other women taking initiative. And so a big part of my work is actually working with my female clients who might be starting their own businesses. Um, they might uh, you know, not be the principal of a business, but they might be the general counsel or chief compliance officer. I have a lot of female clients. And working with them and supporting them, just doing my actual job is helping them and is creating a massive impact because it's fairly unique to have a, a female partner at a law firm working with a female in the C-suite. And so just doing our job and doing it well and making sure that my clients are successful is some of, it's probably the biggest impact I can make on that front. Um, And also creating real opportunities for my female clients. So yes, a lot of the events I, I do are great in that they help all of the women in the audience, but they also can specifically help my clients. So if I were to have a client come speak on a panel, Uh, It might be a diversity and inclusion event, or it may not. I have uh, an event coming up in September. It's my biggest event of the year. We have 35 speakers who come to talk about private funds. Last year, just because my network has so many women in it, you know, more than half of the speakers were women. And that wasn't because it was a diversity event. That wasn't because I made a specific point of trying to get women to speak, it's because I have created a network that has a lot of women and provided that meaningful opportunity. And still, so in September, I too will be able to do that, or they can come talk about their business and give them real business opportunities. Of course, here at Troutman Sanders, we do what a lot of large law firms do in terms of um, recruiting, mentoring, retention, uh, work internally. Bringing me on is a big part of pushing that strategy forward in New York. Um, Mm -hmm. Nationally, the firm does things to support our female clients. We have a retreat annually uh, to provide meaningful content on being an executive and a leader for women. 
there are so many ways in which uh, a law firm um, can get involved. Um, so, you know, I, this, again, it's a large question. I'm probably right. rambling on, but, um, you know, those are the ways that I find to be most impactful. Um, but providing real, meaningful opportunities, and again, not always doing it in a diversity and inclusion context, but right. weaving exactly. it into the daily fiber of your life. Yeah, right. No, it's fine. I mean, I agree because I, I'm the same. I'm not, you know, it's uh, it's just our daily work and we're providing daily impact. And at the end of the day, when those reports come out, you have some indirect impact and results on the growth of women in business because you are supporting women in business. And I think it's great. And I think that the fact that you're also so involved with being on top of it could certainly help them to kind of be able to pave their way forward, right? That's what it seems Definitely. like. So the second part, though, I don't want to dismiss is about the men. Yes. Because I'm also the president of the hockey players in business because I play hockey. I don't know if you knew that. But anyway, so <laughs> on one side of my life is dealing with men and primarily in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other side is, is the work that I do with women. So I do personally think that there shouldn't be any divisiveness. And I, I really do think that men need to support everything that we are doing. So I'm wondering what you see at Troutman, what goes on there? How do the men support women or in any of the women's groups that you're in? Can you talk about that? Absolutely. So, I mean, making no bones about this, there were so few women above me in my career. I, and, and, and Marta Cotton aside, cause she is the, ter- the, the, the key in my career, but the men really can make or break you too. Um, for me, I have had the most amazing male sponsors professionally and personally. Um, and even in my move to Troutman, men played a critical role in that. One of the, I came over here as part of a group, and uh, the one who really led the charge has been a very important sponsor to me over the past five years. Um, I, I just have been really lucky to have someone who's been willing to focus on helping my career grow, even when my focus is outside of his primary area of practice. Um, relationships are key, whether that's with women or with men, uh, you know, that, it, you know, people say it's, it's who you know, but it's really what you're doing for each other that matters. Um, you can know all the right people in the world, but if you don't have a good relationship with them, it's not going to help you at all. I, I say that every day as a social media person, believe me, I couldn't agree and with so you. for the men too, you know, yeah. the men need us as much as we need them, especially now. Um, they, the, a lot of the men that I'm working with really want to understand what they can do to help. They're really listening. Um, and, you know, being specific in our requests can really help them. Um, so, you know, if there's something you want or if there's something you need and there is a senior man who is in a position to make that happen, definitely go and, and give that specific request. Explain to them what it is that you need and how they can help. I think that there is a little confusion right now because men know that they need to be a part of the solution and they want to help, but they may not be sure how they can help. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the answer is so obvious it's hard to see. Uh, Troutman has, you know, really uh, 
been focused on this as well. Uh, Craig Klein, who manages our New York office, and I have had a number of conversations on this and is really excited to kind of, you know, just get in the midst of it with me and start planning on how we're going to execute our strategy. But, you know, as a woman, I, I think that we need to be a part of bringing the men in and explaining to them what it is that they can do to help. I don't want to say like mansplain, but you need to be specific in your request. Yeah. No, I love that you said that. So I've done a lot of work with women's leadership initiatives at major companies on the executive branding side. And the ones that I have seen that have the most success in a repeatable manner across all of their offices across from year to year are the ones that include men in a way where they leverage, sometimes it's the power of the man. Um, So I really think that that's, it's really important. I don't think that we can do it alone. And I think that that is, I love what you said because I think it's super important. And I, I, my concern is being the hostess of this podcast. And uh, furthermore is that, is that women might think, well, we just have to help each other, but there's, there's the male element to it. And they, who've already paved the way, like you said, you know, you said that you had a team that brought you over to Troutman. And I think that it's important that, that when we have these meetings, on these initiatives that we do include, include men in those meetings, right? I mean, I'm sure that you do that over there. Um, okay, so now let's get to your mission. Um, you know, because I know that you do quite a bit and, you know, you're in a position where you can really yield your success to support others. Um, so do you have a specific mission for yourself in your career? Not to be cheesy and say, where do you see yourself in five years? That's not really what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, you know, Jenna Garver, where do you see the things that you're doing? What's your mission? What will, where do you think what you're doing now will really satisfy you, you know, in your, in your journey? Sure. So I definitely, I don't have a mission, uh, you know, necessarily, but I know it matters to me. And first and foremost is family and friends. I am a mother. My daughter's actually here today. Uh, so oh, she's be a part of this experience. What's her name? <laughs> Sage. And she's amazing. She oh. is such a gift. Um, oh. And uh, for anyone deciding whether or not uh, it's possible to be a partner at a large firm and have a kid, absolutely. Uh, you, need, you need a lot of help from your friends and family. But, um, you know, it's uh, definitely the, the – uh, the greatest gift of a lifetime for me to be a mom. Um, it, I'm going to try to just keep myself together. Um, You're making me cry over here. Um, I'm, I'm also a wife. I have this amazing partner. He is, uh, <laughs> he's a total clown at times, but he is so supportive of me. He's a true partner at home as well and makes it so much easier for me to do what I need to do to be happy and to be a good mom and to be a good wife. I'm a daughter, a sister, a friend. Those are the things that really matter to me. Um, first and foremost, obviously my career really matters. It's given me so much of what I need uh, for intellectual stimulation, for a sense of purpose, to be able to take care of my family. I, I could not be luckier in that sense. 
Um, but what matters to me is also what matters to my clients. So they have families, they have businesses, and being able to help them um, to be less worried about those things or to help them achieve their goals, that's what, what really matters to me. Um, so I, I'm sure, um, you know, everyone out there can, can relate to those, um, those points as well. But, um, you know, if we can just sort of stay rooted in what matters to us, you know, I think that's, um, and take seriously what matters to, to our clients is what will give us success professionally and personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love that you say that and hello, Sage. Got to give her a little shout out. But um, so I, I forget which guest I had. Maybe it was Alexandra Harper. She runs Women of Culture. It's such a cool organization, Jenny. You got to come to one of the cultural events sure. in New York. But uh, we had this crazy episode. We talked about everything. And we, and we, got to, we started talking about the importance because uh, it was raining that day. And I have curly hair. My hair was a mess, whatever. And we were talking about the importance of taking care of yourself. And I think that that is a very important topic for women in business because if we're not taking care of ourselves, and like you said, the first line or the front line, which is your family, then we really can't take care of our clients. We really can't take care of anyone else. And we really can't have an impact. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I do think that that's very important, both from a financial standpoint as well as an emotional standpoint, right? Definitely. Uh, yes. We need to be emotionally sane and happy so we can have positive effects on others. And it's hard. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, so, uh, okay. Jasmine, actually, can I just say that, um, yeah. you know, I, I wish someone said this to me when I was a junior lawyer. Uh, no matter how busy you think you are, and you know, when I was a junior lawyer billing over 100 hours a week, um, when, you know, it, it was a long time ago, it's not like everybody worked from home, and, you know, I was like in the BlackBerry pilot program, so uh, remote access was incredibly limited uh, at the time, so a 100-hour work week was, you know, a, a far cry from what it is now. You can always find time, and you have to sleep. Sleeping is massive when it comes to taking care of yourself, but you have to find time to laugh and enjoy yourself and do what's going to recharge you, whether that's uh, yoga or cooking or, um, you know, just, you know, watching your daughter's dance performance or whatever it is, you need to make sure that you take the time to do those things. Um, you know, laughter is a big thing in our family. As my, I said, my husband's a bit of a clown. He makes me laugh all the time. He makes us very important. Age. So you've got to find that time. And it may not be every day, but you, the totality of how you spend your time needs to include that. Yeah. I do want to talk about that for just a moment because um, people always say to me, your life is your hobby because I have so many hobbies. I'm a singer, a songwriter, a surfer. I play hockey. I do so many things. And I tell people that it doesn't matter who you are. Like you said, you have to have time to nurture your soul and your passion because otherwise you're just a robot. And I don't really believe that that's helpful. <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's truly important. And if you're, if you're efficient with your time and you understand what's important to you, you can make time for those things. So I really do agree with you. And I think, that's part of this whole podcast is, is, you know, the business side of women, but also the nurturing and supportive side of women is just, it's equally as important. So what I wanted to ask you is 
Can you give us, I mean, you've given us a lot of information, but I'd like my guests to give, you know, it doesn't have to be three, it could be two, it doesn't matter. Just a couple of tips you would give to women, doesn't really matter what the age is, but women that are really interested in building a career. You know, it doesn't, not, they could be an entrepreneur, they could go into corporate. What are some of the characteristics that you think that they need to have or skills that they need to build for, for their success? Well, I mean, it would obviously depend on the industry for specific skills, but I think no matter what it is that you want to do in your life, you need to have a strong work ethic. You need to be willing to work. Nothing's handed to anyone, uh, especially these days. It's just not how it happens. You need to be willing to put your dues in. You need to put your time in, and you need to be willing to become an expert in something. Uh, it could be anything, like going back to the ice cream shop, um, which tells you where my head's at. But if you're going to open up an ice cream shop, you better know your ice cream. We know our ice cream, right, Sage? I, we know it well. I know what's good ice cream and what's bad ice cream. Um, and, you know, what is when someone orders a small, is it one scoop? Is it three scoops? If it's three scoops, someone like me is going to be upset because I'm going to eat the whole thing. And I don't want to eat the whole thing when I, you know, so you've got to know your business. You've got to, you've got to know who you're serving. And if it's either, you know, if it's a product, what's, what product do people need? Um, if it's a service, you know, how can you perform that service to the best of their, uh, your ability and to, to fulfill their needs. You need to be responsive to your customers. Um, you know, those are sort of just general business tips. It doesn't matter what it is that um, you're selling in terms of a service or a product. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, it's obviously a very different skill set than if you're going to be part of a large organization. But even within a large organization, like a large law firm, you need to be a bit of an entrepreneur. I've got to go out there and get my own clients and build my own book of business. So yeah. in many ways, I am an entrepreneur. Uh, the startup business is me, even though I'm part of a large firm that's very supportive. Yeah. No, the, I love that you, you started by saying hard work. <laughs> So I had a call I had a call with a female entrepreneur this morning. She owns five businesses. Very cool lady and we're, you know, she wants to bring me on to help her and she said, "Well, can you help me hire some people too?" I said, "Yeah, that's easy." I said, "I can help you, but finding people that are going to work hard is a whole other subject." And I I think personally that it's easier to stand out today as an employee just by working hard. So Sage, I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old she is or anything, but uh, I'm sure she's, she's a hard bit down. Yeah, she's got that bit down um, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about um, anything that you have coming up. You mentioned something in September. Um, is that something that my audience can learn more about or any other events right. you want to talk about? So um, for me, I really like collaborating with other people and being very inclusive I think that's important if you're trying to support people that might otherwise be on the fringes. You can't go hold exclusive events <laughs> to bring them in. So almost everything that I do is open to the public. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of events throughout the year, and I those that are um, open to the public, I do post on social media, on my LinkedIn page and my Twitter um, so I do encourage people who might be interested in even, you know, just knowing what's out there and happening here in New York or sometimes in Connecticut or in other places to um, follow me so you can uh, you know, stay in the loop. 
this event in September is for the private funds industry. So okay. we have people from all aspects of that industry participating and a few keynote speakers at September 26 here at our offices at Gottman Sanders in New York. Um, but you know, anyone out there who has an interesting idea and wants to collaborate, I'm all ears. I love working with, uh, with new partners and uh, especially if it's an organization I haven't heard of yet, I, I would you know, welcome any ideas anyone has. Okay, great. So yeah, I can share anything that you want me to share with uh, this audience. Happy to send that out on the Wonder Woman in Business, all of our, our channels. Um, and before I let you go, uh, for, for everyone that's watching and listening, um, Wonder Woman in Business is co-hosting a private dinner July 16th. So I'm just putting that out because it's coming up next week. So if anybody's interested, uh, you know, please do get in touch with me through the Wonder Woman in Business channels. And I, I actually hope that, you know, who's ever, you know, the folks that are really interested in listening will meet both myself and Jenna at maybe her next event. Uh, she, she just brings a lot to the table. It's, it's hard to show somebody's greatness, I think, in video. Um, I do encourage women in, in finance and, and women um, in hedge funds and finance and startups. Do contact Jenna. She really does. I've, I've seen her speak. She has a wealth of knowledge. And I really want to thank you for being on today and taking the time out to, to be on Wonder Woman Business. I'm sure that my audience will enjoy everything that you brought to the table today. Thank you so much. That's very sweet of you. It was really a pleasure. You're welcome. All right. Well, have fun with Sage and go have some ice cream for me. I will. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.